All right. Um, hey, you guys got um, these. <laughs> Did you see that? Did anyone catch that on video? Because that was amazing. Um, most of y'all got this, but some of you didn't. So I have a few left. That, um, but I can. We'll, I'll get some more printed. And we can. We can get them to you. Um, this this bookmark we put together to try to help December be focused on Jesus. <laughs> Um, there's a natural inclination as the year comes to an end. Obviously, like parties ramp up with life group and with family, and it's more intense kind of outward expression at times. But as also inside of us, there's just a natural sense of like, I just want to hibernate for a little while. You guys know what I'm talking about? Like it just, it's getting cold. It's been a long year because here comes January and it's kind of like, okay, what's the new year look like? And so it's this window of time that we don't want to miss. And specifically, it's a window of time that we don't want to actually turn inwardly. We actually want to fall in love with Jesus again. Um, and so we put this together to try to help that happen for all of us. Um, so you'll see the 1st through the 24th, those are the days of December. Huh? Pretty novel. Um, and, and we just there's a couple verses for each day. And it's just tracking us towards that January 25th, or, oh, December 25th, excuse me, uh, Christmas Day, Jesus. And it's just a celebration of his nearness, but a reminder that it really is Emmanuel God with us. Like God came to this planet for you and for me. And we don't want to miss it in the busyness of everything going on, plus the internal world of going, I just want to kind of slow down little bit. So I want to invite you to, to track along with us through this, through these next 25 days, read the verses that are here and take time to also say, God, teach me who you are in a new way. And because for all of us, we've been on this planet long enough. That it's like, Oh, it's another Christmas. Baby Jesus is here. But I think he wants to reawaken a passion for that baby Jesus in us, but it takes us partnering with his motivation Okay, so that's what I'm just inviting us into. Uh, at, the, at the top there, it says he's a, a Savior has been born. He is the Messiah and the Lord. Um, so this is an example of what I just want to ask us to think about doing. When I read this and I go, okay, a Savior has been born. What does a Savior mean to me? He's not this ethereal one that saves someone out there. God, you saved my life. God, you rescued me today and yesterday and at the moment of salvation, and you are my Savior, and it turns into a time of worship and love for him. He's the Messiah. It's a really big word that no one uses anymore, (laughs) but it really is the chosen one of God to come and express his love on this planet. This is our baby Jesus, and his Lord is another way of saying he is on a throne, and we can trust him to bow before him. Okay? So taking these three words and leading into plenty of time with him will change our lives. So whether you get up, some of you guys get up crazy early to go to work. And so you can't, it's hard to get time in the word when you get up. Make some space in the evening. I just want to challenge us. What if for 25 days, all of us are going through these verses together and not just reading them, but also slowing down enough to go, what does this mean about who he is and what he, who he is to me? And it becomes a place of trust, a place of calling out to him and a place of him teaching us how to pray for others. All right? Okay? Um, if you didn't get one, um, I have a few here, and then I, I can make more. We'll have more, and we'll leave them. Does everyone know where the office is at the church? When you walk in the foyer on the left, the big glass windows. Yeah, there's a desk there. It's Valerie's desk. If you know Valerie, she's amazing. Uh, I'll put these on Valerie's desk, and you're welcome to come by and grab some. Or if there's people not here, they're in your life group. Grab some as well, okay? All right.
Um, you guys ready to get in the Word? Yes. All right. Good. I am too. I'm excited. Um, so turn to um, Isaiah 9 with me. As we are going here, here's what we're going to do. It's going to be a little different feel tonight, as it has been since the beginning. Um, um, we're going we're gonna to read through Scripture together, a bunch of verses together, slowly. But I, I just feel like God's wanting us to digest His Word. I'm going to offer a few thoughts, and then we're going to get into life groups and pray over each other some of these things. Okay? If you're not connected to a life group, don't worry. We'll get you connected. All right? A lot of amazing people in this room. But we're just, it's a, it's a little bit, again, it's a December. It's just, I want to pull in and be family. I want to be a little closer together, a little smaller. Um, so we're going to do that for a little bit. And then we're going um, to come back together and we're going to pray some things out of when the, when the um, shepherds, the angels came and saw the shepherds and then they went and told everyone about Jesus. And there's just some pieces in there. I want us to pray together as we end the year. And then I'm hoping, uh, where's Bree? Hi, Bree. Do you know that? What's that song, Jenny? Help me out. Come let us adore him. You know that song? Can we sing that acapella at the end together? <laughs> Forgot to ask. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> you, if you would have said no right there, I don't know what I would have done, actually. <laughs> I'm like, anyone else, please? Because you don't want me to sing. Uh, Nathan! Yes! Yay! In fact, right now... No, okay, we'll wait. Um, just kidding. Because we're all going to sing it together. But anyway, just kind of finishing up there of let's look towards December with our hearts adoring him. All right? Okay. Hey, a little bit of background about Isaiah. Um, he's a normal guy. Um, and he had a very abnormal experience in his life that changed everything about him. So... The beginning of Isaiah, it says that in the, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord. So, so just want to lay a, a context for this, because these verses we're going to read in 9 are helpful to understand what's happening here. Isaiah is not any different than you and I. But Isaiah, in the year King Uzziah died, meaning the city, maybe even the region, is mourning the king's death. In the midst of grief, I saw the Lord. It's really important that we understand that before we read these, because um, Isaiah's life forever got changed because he saw the Lord in grief. And maybe some of us are grieving right now, or you step into the holidays and grief is real. Maybe it's time for us to see the Lord. Again, I just Isaiah's not different than you and me. He's a human on the planet. And if you're familiar with this process, he saw the Lord. High and lifted up. It's a beautiful expression. And he said, God, choose me. I'll go do whatever you want. His response to encounter with God is, God, send me. God, what do you want to do? And God unlocked his calling in his life that we need and the people of God needed then, where God would speak his dreams and his desires through Isaiah to say, God loves you. He's calling his people back. That's the context here. So here's Isaiah 9. 700 years before Jesus comes, and he's talking about this baby. And that's where I want us to land, because this baby is the one that came and rescued you and I. The Savior, this Emmanuel, God with us. Okay, so uh, who would like to read this on the microphone for us? I, yeah, we thought you might, Evan. Come on. Yes. Come on. So we're going to go... I can sit down, right? That's fine. Please, please, please. That's great. We're all friends here. 
Yeah, Isaiah 9, what, what to what? Where are we going? I, no, take a seat. One through seven. One through seven, awesome. Isaiah 9, one through seven. But there will be no gloom for her who was in anguish. In the former time, he brought into contempt the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali. But in the latter time, he had made glorious the way of the sea and the land beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the nations. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them has light shone. You have multiplied the nation. You have increased its joy. They rejoice before you, as with joy at the harvest, as they are glad when they divide the spoil. For the yoke of his burden and the staff for his shoulder, the rod of his oppressor, you have broken as on the day of Midian. For every boot of the trampling warrior in battle tumult and every garment rolled in blood will be burned as fuel for the fire. For to us, a child is born. To us, a son is given and the government shall be upon his shoulder and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of peace, there will be no end. On the throne of David and over his kingdom, to establish it and uphold it with justice and with righteousness. From this time forth and forevermore, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. Thank you. It's good. Isn't it just good? Sometimes it's good to stop and go, oh, that word of God is enough. <laughs> Isn't that good? So I'm just going to offer a couple thoughts here that there's, there seems like there's a bit of a flow that God wants to communicate through here. And then there's just kind of three different way, things that I want to encourage us to consider getting our life groups to pray over, okay? And as you're reading the word, if you're like me, there's times when I read stuff and, I, and something catches my attention, a phrase, a word, something. I always heed that because it's probably God inviting me into something deeper in his heart. Okay, so there might be something, even as everyone was reading, that you're like, ooh, wonderful counselor. I, why does that stand out to me? That's him wooing you. That's him saying, come close, let me show you who I am. Okay? So, first sentence. Nevertheless, there will be no gloom for those who are in distress. What does gloom mean? Does anyone, okay, in the last years, anyone used the word gloom in their vocabulary? It's kind of, a, you have? You guys are amazing. Okay, okay, fair enough. Uh, yeah, those from Seattle maybe could use that word. Um, what does gloom mean in this context? What does the word gloom mean? Give me, give me a theosaur. Theosaurus? No, what's it called? Thesaurus. What did I just say? Oh my goodness. Uh, give me... <laughs> okay, sorry, my brain's good. We're with it. Give, give me, what does gloom mean here? What does the word gloom mean? Sad, what? Despair, Despair? yeah. Downcast? Overcast, Overcast. (laughs) both casts, yes. What else? Darkness, yeah, yeah, okay. Hopeless, that was what I was thinking. Gray, yeah. In the natural and inside of our souls, in our heads, our thoughts. Can it feel kind of gray too? 
Yeah, all of the above. We all live it. Okay. Um, could gloom actually also mean depression or depressive thoughts, suicidality? Like that's, that's a downward trajectory if we stay in gloom, right? Um, so what does it say about gloom? There will be no more gloom, okay? Say that with me. There'll be no more gloom. Okay, what's the last part of that sentence say? For those who are in distress, okay? Um, I just want to submit to you a thought here. Gloom and distress are actually usually go together, but in God's heart, they don't. Gloom has to do with my heart, my own struggles, my thoughts, depression, sadness, hopelessness, despair, right? The grayness of life. If distress doesn't change, gloom can. I want to offer that to us right now, okay? Distress of life, distress of family. For a lot of us in this room, just coming into the Christmas holidays carries its own distress. Distress of work. Distress of finances, fill in the blank. If distress doesn't change, gloom can. Does that make sense? Okay. Meaning, as we walk through distressive times, how do we do that in a way that's victorious and transformative? Instead of, oops, I just, I just landed in gloom. When my situation changes, I won't be gloomy anymore. Yeah? We've all been here, right? Okay. So, Here's, here's um, verse 2. It says, The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. Right? Those living in the, deep, um, in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. Here's God's solution, that light. Who's this light we're talking about? Verse 6. It's Jesus. It's that baby we're talking about, okay? By the way, this isn't like a Christmas message. This is like, I want us to love Jesus better. Hope that, hope that lands right. I just, if we can see him for who he really is, everything changes in our lives. Everything does. Okay? Um, this is cool, though. Check this out. This is the opposite of gloom. Verse 3. We've, you have enlarged the nation and increased their joy. They rejoice before you. And then he gives three examples of what rejoices looks like. So in the heart of God as he's talking to us, and he's like, a contrast to gloom is joy. And then, he, and then God's like, well, well, here's an example. Those that have farmers that had a plot of land and had seed to sow months earlier and then prayed for the rain and they saw the sprouts come up. And then as the harvest started to grow, but it wasn't time to to reap the harvest yet, they were longing, hoping that like the pestilence don't come and eat it and that kind of thing. And then it's harvest time. They're rejoicing because here's provision. They're rejoicing because the months and months of waiting has come. Can, 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 none of us are farmers necessarily in that context, I don't think. Is anyone a farmer in here? No. Are you really? That's amazing. We should talk. That's fascinating. Um, but, but just try to put yourself in that moment. That moment of going, it's time. I've waited for this to come. So God's like, joy is coming. And this is what joy is like. And then he says, when it's about harvest time. And then he says, the, when the battle's done and those that have won the battle get to enjoy the spoils of battle. Can you feel that? How about you? How about I? We have battles in our heads, battles in our lives, battles we don't go towards gloom again. 
What if joy takes us and walks us a different path when the battle starts knocking? So God's saying, this is what joy is like. It's like when the harvest is coming. It's like when you've been in a battle and you're exhausted and, and you're cut up and you're worn out and the battle's done and now there's bounty to have and you won and you can go back to your family. And then he describes Gideon's life. Okay, that's joy. Can anyone feel that? It's different than gloom, right? So God's desire for us is pretty clear here. And God's desire for us, as I just want to submit to you as we look to December, could be, would be to actually say, what does it look like if distress is around me that I actually walk in joy, this joy, a joy that is like I'm stepping above my situation, a joy that is grounded in Jesus, the one that we love and we walk with. Okay, um, verse four, verse five, and then verse six is this linchpin. For to us a child is born, a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. So who's in charge there? When the government who'd be on his shoulders means all authority is actually in his shoulders, not mine. You ever live your own life? How'd it go? Okay. What about now? Sometimes when the bank account doesn't look good and you might lose your job or get laid off, we can start living our own life in our head. Fear, worry, anxiety. This is telling us this Jesus has government, has leadership, has authority on his shoulders, so we don't have to, so we can cast it on him. It's a pretty good promise, right? And then, and he will be called, read this with me, wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace. Isn't it interesting? There's four descriptors of who God is, and it's the Godhead right there. You notice that? Wonderful counselor, biblically is Holy Spirit. The mighty God is the Godhead. Everlasting Father is God our Father. And the Prince of Peace is described in the Bible as Jesus. Isn't that cool? It's fascinating. This Jesus is an expression of the Godhead come to earth for you and I. It's beautiful. Verse 7. And the greatness of his government and peace. Read that for me. What does it say after that? There'll be no end. Okay? So, if he's in charge... His leadership and the peace that results from letting him lead, there's no end to it. Okay? If you like me, we, I can enjoy peace for a while, but there comes an end, and it's usually situationally related. Or for me, because I'm just such a relational guy, it's usually like if something's not right relationally, man, my peace just kind of drains out of me so fast. And God's teaching me a different way to live. But what about for you? What takes away your peace? Well, this is just saying if we'll let this king live in our lives, if we'll fix our eyes on him and love him, then that, that leadership and the peace will never end. Okay, and the final thought here, then we're going to pray together. And the zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish it. Isn't that a cool promise? So that word zeal right there, another way of kind of explaining it is like um, a husband that's jealous for his wife. So we could say the zeal of the Lord, the jealousy of God. He's pursuing it. He's going to accomplish all this. Okay? If you're, if you're great at actually trying to take your own life in your hands and figure things out, 
This is a really good one to just meditate on for a long time. He's going to accomplish all of that for me. I don't have to. I don't have to find peace. I don't have to find letting him lead. I don't have to discover the wonderful counselor, like force it to happen. I can actually stand underneath that zeal of the Lord's going to accomplish it for me, in me, through me. That's a good place to be. But if you don't know this about him, then you'll never know unless you let him prove himself. And sometimes... We just need to take one of these things that we don't know and it's hard to believe and say, God, prove it to me. Not like, you know, like a rebellious, but like, God, I really, I don't believe this, but I, it says it's true. Would you show me? You might even need to say, hey, in the month of December, God, would you show me this is true? Ask him every day. He's good because the zeal of the Lord's going to accomplish that. It's a wonderful promise. Okay, so... There's this trajectory there, but as we pray over each other, there may be a couple things that stand out to you, but I want to give three possibilities, okay? One of them is, some of you may need to say, gloom is real, okay? Um, You might just go, personality, I'm just kind of a melancholy person, but what does joy of God look like in a melancholy person? Because melancholy can almost look gloomy a little bit, and we just need an infusion of joy. And we can't do it ourselves. The only thing we can do is like plug in the lamp into the light socket. And then here comes the power. That's our desire. Or that's our opportunity. So for some of you, might, that word gloom might make sense to you. And we're going to pray over each other. And it's a moment to say, God, let December gloom be broken off of my life. You might need to, with your life group, name what gloom means. Sometimes just confessing something breaks the power of it. Just the way of God, okay? Second thing would be um, that we talk, some of this talking about the zeal of the Lord's gonna accomplish it. If you find yourself being able, like there's a problem in life and I'm gonna take care of it myself, implied is God won't take care of me, so I gotta take care of myself. If you find yourself doing that, maybe December is I'm gonna live open-handed. Whatever it is that I'm gonna try to take on myself to figure out, maybe we gotta go, God help. God, you fix this for me. Like, put him on, give him an opportunity to show himself. And the last thing is just this, um, and I just I was praying for us, this doesn't, kind of doesn't fit, but maybe it does. Um, some of you guys have gone through college and you met Jesus in high school or early college, and then your own zeal carried you through those three or four years of life, or five if you're like me. Um, And now normal life has set in and you've been doing career for a little while, whether it's a few years or a bunch of years, and you look back at college and you go, oh, those were good years. I loved him well. And I just, there's a place where we can live with a spirit of religion that we don't even realize. Those were the good old days. Those were the power days. Those were the days that I met with him. Those were the days where I rushed the stage to worship him. Those were the days I met him in the secret place. But now, eh. And it, it fades, and it's, and it's the reality of we're created for that life. And I just for some of you, that may ring true that you're like, I need, I, I need to fall in love with him again. This religion thing doesn't do me well. But what if the, the love that I had for my king in my early days, I get to have again, but now is like an adult. Okay, And again, that may not fit for everyone, but I just think that probably fits for a few people here, okay?
All right, so let's take a moment, and I want each of us with the Holy Spirit to be able to ask, what is it that I need prayer for? There are three things that I just mentioned. I just said the gloom for joy, striving to protect myself, take care of myself, or this religion that God wants to actually give us an authentic relationship with him. Or maybe it's something we just talk through in those verses. But for just a moment, we're going to sit quietly for just a second. I want everyone to say, what is it that I need? Okay, What is it you need from him? We're going to sit quietly for a moment. Why don't we spread out in this room and in there, in your life groups. Uh, if you don't have a life group that you're connected with, it's great. A lot of amazing people <laughs> are in this room that will love you well. Um, so just sit tight. But if we could kind of, life group leaders, can you kind of just spread out? You have to do that noise as you're spreading. All right, so settling in together, um, we're going to take about 15, 20 minutes. What we need is just to step in towards each other, okay? Uh, big life group of the night award in the back. Way to go, folks. That's, oh, yeah, look at this. It's a competition. Come on. Um, if, if, you're, if your group is large, it's okay. let's separate out because we want to just take time to make sure people get prayed for. So you can, so two or three people praying over each other, just a simple question, what do you need prayer for related to what we've been talking about? And then just lay hands on each other and pray in faith that this is the, this is the month where breakthrough happens, okay? All right, so you might need to do that for larger groups, you might need to spread all of it. Just so everyone gets a chance to get prayed for. Yeah, however you want to do that, it's great. Right.
All right. Hey, um, uh, do you love your life group? Yeah. yeah I think it makes me happy. I love it. Um, okay, Bree, it's, it's almost your turn. Yes. Okay. Hey, just real quick, guys. This is, this is what I want to point us, one last thing to point us to, okay? And then we're going to be, wrap, we're going to be done. Um, so Luke 2, great place to read. It's in actually your bookmark, it's, but a great place to read. Uh, yep, it's coming. Um, but when, when the shepherds were just doing their business and the angels came and they're like, there's good news, right? This, this is what's amazing. I just want us to land on is they responded. It says they, after the angels disappeared, they're like, let's go. And they just got up and went. Maybe some of us this Christmas need to just ask for a fresh encounter with God. It's hard to get up and go sometimes. And maybe we just need, God, I need to see you again. I think that's for some of us in this room. It's a good prayer. God, I want to see you again. Going to sleep, praying it. Maybe he'll visit you in dreams. He's done that throughout history. I don't know, but... They went up and, and in verse 16, it says, they hurried off, they spread the word, they heard it. But verse 19 and verse 20, I just want to read over us and pray it for us, and then Bree's going to come up. Okay. <laughs> if I can wake her up from her nap. <laughs> just kidding. Uh, Nathan's shoulders are free because she's not there. If you want to put your head in her shoulder. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Oh, that's so sweet. Um, okay. Focus. Here we go. Ready? But so, so the, the shepherds came, they found Jesus. They're telling everyone what they just saw. It says, but I just, these two pieces, Mary's response and the shepherd's response when they saw Jesus is what I want to pray with us together. But Mary treasured up all these things and she pondered them in her heart. She didn't just lock away. She didn't go, that's valuable, I'll lock it away. She kept going back. Again and again and again. This truth. Sometimes we can be consumers in our relationship with God and go, this truth, this revelation for today, i got to find something new tomorrow. And something new the next day. And we're not pondering, we're just treasuring. Maybe this Christmas there's one thing. All of December that you're like, I'm going to ponder this. I'm going to chew on it. I'm going to let it go deep inside of me. And change me. Verse 20, the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen. So there's three concepts here I want to offer you as we leave. We treasure up the things of God, we ponder them, and we express gratitude. The shepherds left, glorifying and praising God for everything they'd heard and seen. You and I have experienced the goodness of God the last 12 months, 11 months of our life even if it's been incredibly hard, the fingerprints of God are on every day of our lives. And maybe this Christmas, this December, you need to practice the gratitude part of a relationship. Every day, God, you've been good to me. If you find yourself have a propensity towards criticism, it's not a personality trait, it's actually flesh. Sorry. Um, the way to... <laughs> Sorry, I just dropped that in this room. Sorry. <laughs> 
<laughs> okay, I said criticism, not analytical. Okay, don't worry. But if you find yourself sitting in a room and you're like critical about people, you have critical thoughts running through your brain about people or situations or church environments or life group or fill in the blank, the way to combat that and have a free heart is gratitude. And some of us this December need to practice what these shepherds did. They glorified and praised God and all that they'd heard and seen. He's been good to us, guys. I just think about this room in the last few months, the things God's been doing in people's lives as we get together with our life group leaders monthly and just telling God stories of how he's changing lives. It's incredible. And I don't want us to miss it just because it's another year. It's another month. It's another need. It's another problem. It's another gloom. And we miss God's good. Okay? All right. So let me pray this for us and we're going to sing. All right, so Lord, I pray, Lord, I ask over all of us that we would be ponderers, we would be treasurers, and we'd be people of gratitude. In the name of Jesus, our lives would be contagious, that fragrance of life that you talk about in Scripture, because we treasure you and who you are. We ponder your words, we chew on them, we let them ruminate inside of us, God, and because we reflect on and praise and worship and respond to you because of how good you've been to us. Thank you, Lord. We just say as a community, you have been incredibly good to us, far more than we ever deserve. These last 11 months, we're so grateful for you, God, in our lives, and you make our lives rich and meaningful and purposeful. Thank you, God.